Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show. And we love telling immigrant stories here on this show. We've told so many. There are too many to mention. And one of our favorites was Horst Schultz's story. And he's the co-founder of the Ritz-Carlton. Here's Horst talking about how to live a life. Take it away, Horst. The key I try to give young people, I try to give my children and so on. You define yourself. Forgive me, anybody who, who does it, but let me tell you. If you, as a young man, spike your hair, color them green and look like a bum, you're defining yourself as a bum. Forgive me, but that's a fact. You define yourself, and, and, and it's up to you what you define. I'm not, not telling you what you have to do, but understand, you define yourself every moment. I tell the story about the bank there in, in the book. It, 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 this was a traumatic moment. If you really think about it, and it's a true story, by the way, I lived in Chicago, and I knew the bank very well. They advertised. I've never been in a bank. But in the meantime, I was, have started here in Atlanta, and I was invited by them, by that bank, to talk to the 
300 managers, never forget it, about customer service, customer satisfaction, service. Got it the day before. Again, I knew them well. They advertised service all the time. But the day before, I thought, gee, I've never been in that bank. Tomorrow, somebody is bound to say, have you been in our bank? And I better be able to say yes. So I went to that bank. Now, walking into this, outside the building already, magnificent, stately, and, and you walk in, I mean, marble floor, marble pillars, you can feel the money all around you. It is very impressive, very, wow. And all the way over there, a long counter, the tellers, and in front of the maze. So I walk into the maze. Now, what is service? We have to establish here what is service. It starts with welcome, compliant to the wishes, and farewell. That's service. Welcome, comply, farewell. What's the expectation of the customer when they come in? By anything. We must understand that. You or I or anybody has the same subconscious expectation no matter what you buy. If it is legal service or a bottle of water or a car or radio, you have the same subconscious expectations. You want no defect. You want your product to be right. You want timeliness. You don't want to wait for your bottle of water. You want when you want it. And you want the people who give it to you to be nice to you. Those are the three things that I, so if, if, if I know as a business, this is what people expect from me, I build processes to deliver it. So I'm in, in, the, in the maze, not long, I'm timeliness now. I'm number one, I look left and somebody on the right screams, next! That was the first step of service. I come to her teller, was a woman, by the way, men are usually worse in service, was a lady. I, she, when, as I reached her teller, she looks down, finishes some transaction for one second or two. I see her face. I don't know her. She, she doesn't know me. But when she looked up, it was very clear that she hated me. And she said, yes. Yes. I said, just want to change $50. She actually sighed, and she said, 10, 20, 45, 50, next. And I look at my product, my change is a product, no defect. The timeliness was good, but the individual service was non-existent. What could she have done? She could have said, the next gentleman, please. Come to tell her, welcome, sir, how may I help you? Just want to change $50, that's my pleasure. 10, 12, 45, 50, have a wonderful day. Bang. What happened to me? I was dissatisfied. I was a terrorist. The number two treatment, I would have been satisfied. It was fine. It wouldn't have cost her more. It wouldn't have done any harm. It would, it would have been so easy. Or there could have been a third way of serving me. She could have said, the next gentleman, please. When I come to a teller, Ideally, she would have called me, welcome, Mr. Schulze. Now, in this case, she wouldn't know my name. I understand that. But that is the ideal service, personalized. Welcome, Mr. Schulze. How may I help you? Just want to change $50. Ideally, she would have said 10, 20, 45. And here are four coins, five coins. Because I know you collect coins. 
individualized to me. Now that is great service. Then I would have moved immediately to a level of trust and loyalty. But what should she do? She did the first thing that I explained. She said, next. And she treated me as if she was angry that I was there. So what did I do? For the next 15 years, I used them for an example as, as lousy service. What happened here? She defined the bank. She defined her fellow workers. That can't happen. You can't let that happen in an organization. That one employee defines you. And, and, and I didn't say Susie mistreated me. I said that bank is a poor bank. So well said. And this goes for everything, whether you're representing your family, your company, your country. It matters how you present yourself, and it takes such a little bit more effort. But it's so different. It differentiates you from everyone else when you go that extra. Forget yard. I think what Horst is saying is go the extra mile. Heck, you're there anyway. Next. I also hate no problem. I ask somebody for something, and they say, no problem. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a problem. Um, Never a thank you. Rarely eye contact. It's just remarkable. And that's spending... $6 on a coffee for my little girl. No problem. Horst Schultz, his story, so many stories this man has, and his book, Excellence Wins, A No-Nonsense Guide to Becoming the Best in a World of Compromise. These stories here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, We're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. continue with our American stories and we continue with stories we've been telling for quite some time now with author Tim Harford and his book is 50 inventions that shape the modern economy and we've been covering a whole bunch of them over several installments my dad used to tell me that everyone he knew went to the movie theaters for one reason only it wasn't whether the movie was any good or the cartoons there was air conditioning Yeah, this is why we have summer blockbusters. Uh, Absolutely. It's just a place to go where it's cool and in the heat of the sun. So air conditioning is is a fascinating invention. There's um, a wonderful writer, Stephen Johnson, who argued that air conditioning elected Ronald Reagan. You think, well, how does does that work? (laughs) Well, air conditioning changed the demographics of the United States. It enabled many more people to live comfortably in Texas, in Florida, all those people retiring to Florida and then starting to vote Republican. So it's changing the political landscape of the United States. And in fact, it's, it's changing 
the um, the shape of the world really for for similar reasons. So you, you think about these uh, amazing new cities that are have in the last few decades been growing: uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Shanghai, uh, it, it, Dubai. Uh, you go to these places. There is no way you can build a glass-walled skyscraper in Singapore or Dubai without air conditioning. It's completely impossible. There's no way that technology uh, will work without air conditioning. So it makes possible skyscrapers in warm climates. It makes a lot of things possible that, that we take for granted. Indeed. The other thing, it's a companion almost to air conditioning, not the same, but I'm skipping ahead to chapter 22, and it's the elevator. I want to read something quickly. We don't tend to think of elevators as mass transportation systems, but they are. They move hundreds of millions of people every day, and China alone is installing 700,000 elevators a year. How did elevators change the world? Well, let me just justify that statement about mass transit. Just imagine a, a building such as the the Sears Tower in Chicago. <clears throat> I guess we call it the Willis Tower now, don't we? Or the Empire State Building in New York. Um, think about all those floors. These are roughly 80, 100 stories. Think of all those stories. And now let's just chop them into single-story or two-story buildings and we and distribute those buildings all over a big office park and sort of out of town office park and think of all the um all the car parks you need to have around them and think of the enormous amount of space that that office park would take up now because they're all stacked on top of each other um you don't need the car parking you don't need people driving their automobiles uh, to get to this space you just go in on the ground floor, get in the elevator, and you can be taken to any floor in the building. So that, that's why I say it's a mass transit system. I think it, that's absolutely an accurate um, description. Uh, how did it shape the world? Well, it made the skyscraper possible. There is really no way you could realistically have a building more than know, 10 stories unless you have a functioning elevator, or actually more to the point, the real innovation is, is the elevator brake, because we've had elevators for hundreds and hundreds of years, but nobody is going to get in an elevator uh, that's going to go any serious height unless it's safe. And Otis, yeah, that guy, uh, Elijah Otis, invented the elevator brake, and he demonstrated it at one of these world's fairs. Uh, it was a hugely theor theatrical demonstration. He was lifted up, up, up above the crowd. And standing behind him on this scaffolding, you'd imagine the, 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 the drama of it. There's a guy with an executioner's axe. And he raises the axe as though he's about to strike off Otis's head. And he swings the axe down and he chops the elevator rope. And everyone in the crowd screams and the elevator falls about a quarter of an inch. And then Otis yells out to everybody, all safe, gentlemen, all safe. He's demonstrated that he has developed a safe way to make uh, the elevator work. And they are, in fact, incredibly safe. They make skyscrapers possible. And they're really enormously efficient. 
So the, the people who are who are concerned about energy efficiency and they talk about double glazing, they talk about insulation, they talk about all the ways that you can uh, reduce the fuel consumption of a building. One of the, the best ways of all is an elevator because you shift a lot of people using a counterweight, pack them all into a very dense area, and you can have a, a very low environmental impact city like Manhattan, very low environmental impact, and yet still generate a tremendous amount of, uh, of uh, economic output, of, of income. And it's all possible because of the elevator. Indeed. Let's talk about the barcode. Now, this doesn't seem too glamorous, but without the barcode, my goodness, Walmart, Home Depot, none of this stuff is possible, is it? Uh, no, it, it isn't. So the barcode was um, was invented several times, really. The real inventive moment, and I'm drawing a blank on the, the um, inventor's name for a second. It may come to me. But he was... Um, he was sitting at the beach, he was visiting his uh, grandparents, and he was thinking of the time he'd spent as a Boy Scout communicating in Morse code. And he'd been trying to figure out this problem, how do I create an automated till? And um, he dragged his fingers in a lazy circle through the sand. And then he looked down and he, he saw he'd created a kind of um, bullseye with his fingers, the ridges and the troughs. And he realized he could use those ridges and troughs to convey a code, Morse code. And so the original barcodes were in fact bullseyes. The idea of the bullseye is, well, you can scan it in, in any direction. It doesn't make any, uh, any difference. It's always the same. Um, in the end, of course, the modern barcode is linear. Uh, and it took several decades to get the computers cheap enough and the lasers cheap enough to make it uh, a practical technology. But once it was there, well, actually, I should say before it was there, there was a huge debate in the retail industry. You had the big retailers, you had the food manufacturers, and everybody was arguing rooms full of lawyers over the barcode. And they were arguing for a good reason, because they knew that the exact design of the barcode, how it was put together, who had to pay for the infrastructure. These things were going to make a big difference. They were going to advantage some retailers. They were going to disadvantage others. So there were these huge fights. Uh, and of course, the, the retailers didn't want to put the, the barcode scanners in until the food manufacturers had barcodes on their products. And the food manufacturers didn't want to bother putting barcodes on their products until the scanners existed to read them. So there was this all this kind of you go first thing. I mean, um, Miller, I think, had been printing their labels on their beer bottles using the same technology for about six, 60 or 70 years. So the idea that you're going to retool in order to print these crazy barcodes, not very attractive. But in the end, it was it was done. And as you say, it empowered Walmart and the, the real big box retailers because it solved a problem that they had about keeping track of stock, about keeping the staff on the, the checkout, keeping them honest so they didn't put money in their own pocket, everything was scanned through. It solved a problem they had and that the, the mom and pop shops didn't have because they, they knew what was on the shelves and what was running low. They weren't going to steal from themselves. So it really tilted the playing field in favor of, of, the, of the big players. And Walmart in particular, I think people underestimate how important Walmart was in integrating 
the American economy with the Chinese economy. They made a huge contribution there, whether you like it or not, to introducing these very, very cheap goods, and they couldn't have done it without the barcode. And we've been listening to Tim Harford, author of 50 Inventions That Shaped the Modern Economy. And go to Amazon.com and pick this terrific book up. It's just chock full of stories, and they're short stories. You can read one and wait a few days, read another. They're not interconnected. They're not interrelated. But you get the story of modern life and the beginning of modern culture and the industrial world. Tim Harford's stories, 50 Inventions That Shaped the Modern Economy, here on Our American Stories. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about, well, just about everything here on this show. And one of our favorite regular features is a feature called Final Thoughts. And today, our regular contributor, Bill Bright, tells us a story from his little town, Antrim, New Hampshire. Andrum's voters elected me a cemetery trustee in 2018. I'd helped two other trustees govern the town's four public cemeteries. It's meant receiving occasional telephone calls from relatives of deceased persons who wanted to be buried in Antrim. Among the usual reasons for this are that the deceased was born or spent many happy summers in the town. The callers generally asked about getting the grave dug. I gather the correct term of art is opening the grave. I referred them to a pleasant, good-natured, and compassionate gentleman with a backhoe who performs this office for a funeral parlor in the neighboring town of Hillsboro and for anyone else in the area who needs his services. Antrim's public cemeteries are Center, Meeting House Hill, North Branch, and Over East. I visited them all before my election. The town's Department of Highways had maintained them well. Three of the four are now full, with many dark gray, heavily weathered slate markers from the 18th and 19th centuries. Only North Branch is active, which is to say new customers are welcome. Recently, after a friendly and sympathetic chat with an older woman who wishes to bury her son's remains here, I strolled down to Cemetery Road, a well-kept dirt road that borders my property, just beyond an unnamed stream that flows from my land towards Steele's Pond and the North Branch River. It was amidst the heat wave in mid-July 2019. The slightest breeze was welcome. As is usually the case with rural dirt roads, the trees lining both sides of the right-of-way had grown tall and large enough to form a kind of green tunnel, which I found beautiful and soothing. Some of the older trees were at the top of the hill seemed to have grown as mirrors of one another, their upper branches entwined. Perhaps they are ideal lovers growing side by side and together, completing one another. I reached the cemetery and found the second gate open, so I entered and found my caller's family plot. It is large and inspires confidence that her relatives will find room there long after I am gone. When I was a child, my family lived at 57 Columbia Street in Mohawk, New York, 
the first house my parents owned. It was across from the Mohawk Cemetery. My mother occasionally noted that whatever one might say about a cemetery, its occupants were quiet neighbors. I often walked through it. I found the markers a kind of history book, nearly all bearing the names of ordinary people whose lives were quietly lived in a small town away from the shouting and tumult of the great world. The Mohawk Cemetery had only one distinguished occupant, Francis Elias Spinner, who had been Herkimer County Sheriff, a militia general, a three-term U.S. representative, once Democrat, twice a Republican, and treasurer of the United States under Presidents Lincoln, Johnson, and Grant. He was also the first federal executive to hire women for clerical work on the same basis as men. He was renowned for his flamboyantly elaborate signature, which appeared on millions of United States notes. He had developed it consciously to discourage counterfeiting. The signature appears on his grave marker in the Mohawk Cemetery. It also appears on the plinth of his monument across the Mohawk River in Herkimer, New York, which also bears this quotation. The fact that I was instrumental in introducing women to employment in the offices of the government gives me more real satisfaction than all the other deeds of my life. Coming back to my summer's day in the North Branch Cemetery, I paused for a few moments to look north across the valley of the North Branch River toward Campbell Mountain in Hillsboro. Then I went down the rows of stones, noting several fellows who cantered off with the New Hampshire Dragoons during the Civil War and a quantity who had served in World Wars I and II. One fellow had served in both. When I was a boy, such men and women called themselves retreads. There were also a few who had served in Vietnam. There were also a few revolutionaries, mostly identified by the militia company in which they had served. Although I know he's buried in North Branch, I couldn't find a marker for the long-lived George Gates. Born August 8, 1753, and died December 13, 1845. He had fought at Bunker Hill on June 17, 1775, among those commanded don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes, and help prove, as one British officer wrote, that the Americans are full as good soldiers as ours. One fellow named Tuttle, an old New England family, had a few small stones placed atop his marker. It's a touching custom derived from the Jews. Flowers fade, stones endure. Perhaps a secular meaning might be found, too, as long as one is remembered by someone, one never truly dies. So I found a suitable pebble in the dirt road I was on and placed it among the others on the Tuttle marker. Two markers were particularly memorable. One read, Archie F. Perry, 1886-1950, an honest man. There are worse things for which to be remembered. The other was a bench for a member of an old Antrim family whose relatives I know. It reads, Dennis C. Gale, Sr., 1943-2008. We sit here, thankfully. He was the man he didn't have to be. There were several other benches about North Branch. They reminded me of the 19th century custom of picnicking in cemeteries, bringing the baskets to the family plots. Before Sir Alexander Fleming identified penicillin, death was a constant visitor for many families. 
Perhaps this custom allowed people to share good times with their deceased relatives. It waned by the 20s as early deaths became less common. The Pentius also reminded me of Conrad Aiken, the Pulitzer Prize-winning poet and man of letters who retired to Savannah, where he had been born. He often sat by his parents' grave in Bonaventure Cemetery, at least in part for the view of the harbor and of the arriving and departing merchantmen. He once saw a ship with an intriguing name heading down to the sea. He did some research at the Port Authority where he confirmed the ship's name and looked up her destination. That information gave him a two-line poem. Aiken's tombstone is a bench. He wanted people to sit and enjoy a martini by his grave. On it is the poem, which is his epitaph. Cosmos Mariner, Destination Unknown. And great job, as always, to Robbie Davis for his work here at Our American Stories. And a special thanks to Bill Bright for this piece. He's one of our regular contributors and just a great voice. And my goodness, I keep thinking of Archie F. Perry, 1886 to 1950. And all it says on his grave marker are three words, an honest man. It doesn't get better than that. And by the way, we'd love to hear your final thought stories, stories about death, stories from people who are in their final days. There are not more interesting stories than that. Or it could even just be a eulogy. My goodness, the eulogies we heard from the Kobe Bryant memorial, from the memorial of Arnold Palmer, which is some, it's some of the best material we've ever put on the air. The storytelling is so beautiful. Again, send all of your stories and suggestions to OurAmericanStories.com. Bill Bright, more of his storytelling from the little part of America called Antrim, New Hampshire, here on Our American Story. Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and from business to history and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. Often teams will retire numbers worn by players with great legacies. But sometimes, especially in college sports, a jersey is passed from player to player. And today, Robbie brings us the first story from our number 18 series. You've heard from Jack Barucci before, LSU's Director of Athletic Training. And here he is again to introduce us to the number 18. He wore the number 18 jersey here, which represents a model person. And every 18 now was voted by the equipment guys, sports information, weight room. Everybody had a say to say, all right, this is the guy we like. This is, the, this is our leader. So any scout that comes here, they know, well, he wore 18, so we don't have to ask about character. Before a game, a big game, all these little kids have 18s on. Who would ever thought that would be the... The case, it's because it's a staple number now. It's in the College Hall of Fame, the story. The 18, what it represents. Number 18, the story of LSU football's men of character. This week, we have the second and third players to wear the number, Jacob Hester and Richard Dixon. 
the, the story of it really was, you know, Jake's senior year and my sophomore year, the ball really started rolling. I started talking about swapping jerseys. I was actually coming in from high school and Matt Mock had wore 18 at LSU the year before in 2003, and LSU won a national championship. LSU wins the BCS national championship. So obviously, you know, you're the quarterback of a national championship team. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. And I was coming in and didn't really, you know, have a jersey number, didn't really care either way, one way or the other. It was not something I thought about. Just because, like, I was a freshman, I was excited to come to LSU being from Louisiana. They thought it kind of be cool to pass Matt's number down since he just won a national championship. And, you know, Louisiana being the 18th state and that meaning something. And so, lucky enough, I don't know how maybe I tricked them. I don't know what the scenario was there, but they chose me. I don't know, uh, you know, if a freshman will ever wear it again. And so that's something that, that's special for me that I was able to wear it four years, kind of really before it became a thing. And I guess if I would have, you know, not had a career, not played, then it wouldn't have been a thing. It had just gone away. And it was an honor because I knew Matt Mock. I knew what he meant to his football team. I knew the leader that he was. And I knew uh, that if he took the time and kind of chose me to wear number 18, the last thing that I kind of wanted to do was disappoint Matt Mock and Jack Marucci and and Greg Stringfellow, the equipment manager at LSU, these, you know, these guys that took a chance on me as a freshman. The the first time Jake had mentioned for me wearing the jersey, we were playing on the road at Kentucky, and Kentucky had a, a guy that played my position, Jacob Tammy, and he wore the number 18. I, I just remember the Friday night meetings before the game, Jake was like, hey, watch uh, watch Tammy, watch how good number 18 looks on a, on a tight end. And uh, he started, you know, making jokes like that and saying, that, that's going to be your number next year. Um, just take a look at it. The guy looks good in 18. No one called me. I, I didn't get uh, a text message or anything. I, I showed up for spring training, and uh, my locker had been moved, and you know I had a new number on my locker. So you know it was like a surprise deal that no one at first it wasn't going to happen. We thought Miles had shut it down, and then you know I showed up to practice, and there it is. I'm wearing the number 18. That was still kind of the beginnings. Obviously, Matt, you know, kind of passed it down to me, and it was a story kind of in between some of us. It hadn't really hit, you know, the media circuit yet. And then once I passed it to Richard, he started to gain some steam there it's it's something that has grown I didn't think it could ever get to this point Uh, I was just honored that somebody chose me and so the fact that it's hanging in the college football hall of fame uh, that's it's it's outstanding feeling to know that you're a part of something like that at a school like LSU that doesn't have uh, you know this long list of retired jersey numbers I mean there's only three football numbers in the history of LSU football to be retired yes it's not retired it's never going to be retired because it's always going to be passed down and to me that's just as special but what does it take to be chosen for number 18 it's not you know necessarily going to the best football player on the team that's not what it's about it's about being the ultimate tiger it's a guy you don't have to worry about getting in trouble off the field it's a guy that you know is going to do the right things in the classroom now is he going to be a football player and contribute to the team he can't you know not play and get the number 18 but it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best player on the team it means you're the ultimate team guy you're going to do whatever it takes to sacrifice for your brothers for your teammates for your school your school is never going to worry about your name being in the headlines for the the wrong reasons it, it made me become more of a vocal leader uh a guy that would get up and hold people accountable because you know when you know when Jake left you know we just won a national championship and then I'm coming back as a junior the next year wearing the number 18 
we didn't have a great season that year. We had lost, you know, a bunch of guys to the NFL. We had lost um, a coordinator, went to become a head coach in Nebraska. Um, we, we were putting a lot of things back together. And I knew when we, we had a loss early in the year, and it was against a team that I didn't think we should lose, that, um, you know, I it made me want to be the, the vocal guy. I, I didn't want to, you know, wear the number 18 and then LSU had a bad season. I, I It just put more pressure on my back to hold everybody accountable. Um and, and really, you know, make me get in some people's faces that I probably wouldn't have gotten in, in the past and make sure that they were doing everything they could. You put that jersey on your back and everybody is expecting you to, to make every every right decision. You don't you're not supposed right. to have a bad decision after that, you know. And it's that's to me where the pressure comes on is you know, you don't want to let not only the guys that are that wore it before you, but you know, the coaches, the way that they're talking to you now, the way that they're looking at you is, you know, you're wearing that jersey for a reason and we want you to do the right thing. So um, you know, to me personally, I was I always wanted to do the right thing, but that jersey, you know, just you know kept you in check and made you realize what you had done to put it on and you know what you do to to right. earn it. When the NFL scouts come in, they'll ask before it's even passed down, like, okay, well, who's up for number eighteen this year? Give me the three names so we know who we can kind of cross off of our character issue, guys. Hey, Foster, it's John Groove. I just want to know if you want to be a Raider, brother. I'd love to be a Raider, coach. Good man, you got the right stuff, man. You wear that number eighteen for a reason, right? Yes, sir. You know it. When you watch the NFL draft and there's these guys that are commenting on, he wore the number 18 right. jersey. We know what type of player he is. I can remember after Benny Logan getting drafted and the, the GM of the Eagles coming out and saying, well, he wore the number 18. We, we know what type of player right. he is. You know, kind of as it grew, being able to tell my teammates, you know, what it meant by the end of my NFL career, they started to really figure it out because it started to become something that was talked about, something that was understood. NFL teams know about it, right? When John Gruden knows about it, when the Eagles know about it, when the Chargers know about it throughout, you know, a decade here, that's something that's only going to pick up steam. Once you wear that number, it's it's not like, oh, oh crap, I don't want to disappoint coach or I don't want to disappoint, you know, my dad. Um, it, at this point, you don't want to disappoint the eight teams. You don't want to make them look like they made a mistake in giving you the number. That uh, you know, they they trusted you to wear that jersey. So you know, you have an outside pressure of everyone else watching you, and it may not may not be the case. But there's more people that you're worried about disappointing, and there's a lot more people you think about because you know, getting that jersey is one of the biggest moments of your playing career. And then you know, you think about ever doing something to disappoint those guys that gave it to you is it will always be on your mind. You're, this is not what we expect of you right now on the football field, but it's what we expect from you 10 years down the road. Just in the last year and a half, we started the, the 18 group chat. And, uh, you know, we haven't had the case yet, but, you know, people make mistakes. And I guarantee you, if it was a guy that wore number 18 that messed up, you know, further down the road, you know, at 30, 35, the first people that are going to talk to him are the guys in that group message. And they're going to go see, you know, what's going on, what's, what's happening. And they're the guys that are gonna, would be there to figure out, you know, what's going on we know this isn't you i mean these guys are going to hold each other accountable and there's not there's not much you can do that somebody in that group isn't going to find out i mean it's a group of guys that will always hold each other accountable and they're a group of guys that doesn't want to disappoint one another i have four sons myself and they understand i mean they're nine seven six and three but even they understand what it means to wear number 18 at lsu it's something i've been able to talk with them about something that when we're out in public and they hear, you know, after a while, like, okay, dad, why does everybody keep coming up to you asking you about number 18? And so to be able to sit down with them and tell them what that means and tell them that, hey, this isn't just a four-year deal. This isn't a, once you get that jersey number on your back, it's something that you have to hold that the rest of your life, right? You can't just 
wear number 18 at LSU and be a good guy and everybody counting on you and then later in life just be a dirtbag. That's not no. how it works. It means you hold yourself to a certain standard. And if you don't hold yourself to that standard, you're probably not being talked about in those discussions. Every year it kind of comes down to a short list of three or four players, and that's one of the criteria. It's like, okay, well, in 10 years when this guy's gone, when this guy's played 10 years in the NFL and he retires, is this somebody we're still going you know, to be happy and, and excited about wearing the number 18? And so it's a big decision Obviously, when I got it, it wasn't at that level, yeah. but that's what it's grown to, and it's something that I can't tell you how proud I am. Uh, I'm more proud about wearing 18 than probably anything else I've done in my sporting career. Now, obviously, there's some team things that mean more to you because you did those with your teammates, but individual goals, all SEC, any of that stuff, getting drafted, playing, that, that doesn't mean anything compared to what 18 means. And you've been listening to the story of LSU football's number 18. That story here on Our American Story. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.